today on Laura Lynn and Friends. There are reports in every country of massive amounts, tens of thousands of deaths within 48 hours of giving these shots. But for the first time in history, they figured out a way to cover that up by making this absolute fraudulent statement. You're not considered fully vaccinated until 14 days after your COVID-19 shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Last Days. I'm Laura Lynn Tyler-Thompson, and we're going to be going through it together. I am deliriously happy because, you know, it's not often that you can just laugh your way through the apocalypse. I mean, things are so bad, and you've got all this terrible news. And then you've got a great guy like Dr. Brian Artis, who is with us today. And uh, it just, it makes my whole day. So he's coming right up. Uh, every day, you know, I like to read from my dad's Bible. He passed away last uh, October and I miss him so much. And he underlined almost every uh, every page in the Bible. So I just open it up every day and I see, what did he underline? Very interesting. Uh, Ezra 9, it, he says, he underlined you have not separated yourselves from the people of the land, doing according to their abominations. Just that little bit. Isn't that amazing? I, I think that's uh, a part of what's happened to us. I think in Canada, the United States of America, we're having a crisis of faith because we have to figure out how to come out from among them and be separate from their lies, from their deceit, from their lack of caring for humanity. It's been an abomination and I spent this weekend I was in I'm in a documentary I don't know if you know that it's this uh, oh the wrong side here stand with him that is the uh, the documentary and it's about standing with him a person put it together about all the people of faith that are rising at this time all of the the insurgents of um, spirituality people still trying to find out where they belong and uh, so I, I've got a couple of great moments in that video and uh, my friend Kim highlighted me there and it was super fun. I'll show you later a clip from that because we're not going to use our time. Only want to do one clip and that is from Dr. Hoff. So I got kicked off of Facebook for 30 days. Why? Why? All of you are writing me, are you sick, Laurelyn? What's wrong? I need everybody to make sure that you're following me on the channels where you're not used to seeing me. Uh, you, you don't go to bit shoot and rumble you have to go to bit shoot and rumble you also have to go to odyssey and liberty we go live to eight places per day why are you only sticking on the ones and then when you don't see me on facebook you think i've died and gone to heaven hopefully uh but but i haven't i'm here and i'm doing shows every single day so you got to catch them we're going to upload them to facebook after we get our it's 13 days and one hour that's what it said this morning so now it's 12 days and 22 hours okay uh so dr hoff got me uh kicked off of facebook what did he say <clears throat> well he said some really bad stuff like that it's actually a pandemic of the vaccinated and for that i'm out but he's right so take a quick look so the last COVID figures that i've seen were for june of this year 2022 so in June, approximately 85% of the population of Canada had had at least two shots. But 92% of all COVID deaths were in the fully vaccinated. 92%. So this is a pandemic of the vaccinated. And, and what was more alarming was that the, the people that had had one or two boosters, in other words, three or four shots, made up 81% of all the COVID deaths in the months of June. 
even though those people were only 34% of the population. So the clearest, this is the clearest evidence that the more shots you have, the more likely you will die of COVID. These are severely damaging the immune system. And so this discrimination against those who have chosen to be vax-free is absolutely absurd because those are going to be the people who will survive this. And so, you know, in every experiment, you need a control group, you need a treatment group and a control group. And praise God for those 15% of the people of Canada who are in the control group of this experiment. It's absolutely shocking. And now denying someone like Graziella uh, the, the right to choose, is it not my body, my choice? And so now through this terrible messaging, they're discriminating against these people. And what you're pointing out, Dr. Hoff, is it's com completely unscientific. It's not based on the data. It's actual, actually becoming uh, you know, a pandemic of the vaccinated. This is shocking. This is horrendous. We need to be crying out from the, the rooftops. Yes. Yeah. And, and the facts that, that the media continue to deceive people and continue to, to spread this narrative that you can somehow keep other people safe, that's, that this is your duty to society to get vaxxed, is absolutely absurd because the healthcare system is collapsing. Hmm. All right. So with uh, 163,500 views, uh, Dr. Hoff, you are the bomb. And of course, we know that Eric Metaxas, uh, he also got kicked off of YouTube because he had Naomi Wolf on. And guess what? Next thing you know, he's got Naomi Wolf on again. I'm pretty sure that Dr. Brian Artis has gotten a few people kicked off of their platforms because he speaks the truth. And it's always so epic when he's on. So without uh, any... Any more belaboring, I'm going to bring on Dr. Brian Artis. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your life and your time with us. We are so glad to have you. I love being on your show, Laura Lynn. I didn't know I was being invited on a censored platform with a censored <laughs> yeah. host interviewing Dr. Charles Hoff. Come on. I actually love that guy and I've quoted a lot of his information. He's been a very honest, I believe, yeah. very ethical medical doctor in defense of the indigenous primary practice he has for those in British Columbia, Canada. He's been a great voice for them, actually, uh, for all Canadians. And yes, this is a now pandemic of the vaccinated for sure. And 90% of those who have died or been hospitalized with COVID, they're in Canada. Likewise, here in America, it is post-vaccinated compared to those unvaccinated. Uh, but thank God, I actually don't think we reached a level here in the United States of having only 15% of the United States unvaccinated. It's probably much higher here. Uh, thank goodness. But uh, regardless, it's yeah, a good news. Travesty. This entire vaccine agenda has been. It really is. And um, I did I did have a share there. I don't know if it's still on JT, but there are uh, like expose. They're always putting out numbers and stuff, but they actually believe that there's probably close to was it 2 million uh, deaths? Oh, it has that. Yeah, two. Per, perhaps there's been, oh, just a second. Let me just shut this down for a second. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, but they're, they're predicting actually that experts estimate 20 million are already dead due to the COVID vaccination and over 2 billion injured. So they have these really smart guys, uh, probably like yourself, uh, Dr. Artis, and they kind of go through the numbers and they predict and and they, they add, like it says, that they add the, the European and the American VARES and then all of the things that they're kind of getting. And, you know, and with historical data, usually 
we're not um, hitting, uh, we don't, I mean, the VAERS reports only reports a fraction, right? So the, these are things that they're saying. I hope it's not true, but I'm hearing every single day that people are dying. Yeah, it's very true. Whatever the numbers are, it's atrocious. It's uh, evil. It's neglect on uh, the part of the federal health agencies around the world to acknowledge the reports that are coming in, whether it's through VAERS or whatever your health agency is in your country. There are reports in every country of massive amounts, tens of thousands of deaths within 48 hours of given these shots. But for the first time in history, they figured out a way to cover that up by making this absolute fraudulent statement. You're not considered fully vaccinated until 14 days after your COVID-19 shots. Well, that is the first time in history a vaccine's ever been administered. And they told you there was a period after getting the shot where you're not actually vaccinated. Uh, it's so absurd. And what they did was allow for 80%, Laura. Laura Lynn, 80% of all deaths occurred seven days after the second shot. So that fits inside the 14 day window where they say you're not fully vaccinated which means those individuals who got the shots and got sick and ended up in a hospital or died, if it happens in those first 14 days, they consider you unvaccinated. In fact, they classify you on your intake forms as unvaccinated. They'll ask you for your date and then put it on there. It's absolutely disgusting, actually. It really is. And uh, we're just seeing, uh, you know, the, the courts are not on our side. Uh, we've had this sort of mass formation psychosis. I don't know what you think about that concept. Uh, but it does seem that there's a blindness. We've all experienced the loss of friends, loved ones, uh, the, the community that we once were in or we're kind of changing, finding new communities because we're on different pages and some people just cannot even, you, you can try to tell them, you can try to give them, hey, why don't you listen to this interview with Dr. Brian Artis and they are not accepting it. They don't, you know, for, for any kind of truth. And so you feel like something's going on in our society that's bigger than we've ever seen. Uh, absolutely. In fact, uh, there's a book I read about a month and a half ago that really opened my mind to what is really occurring globally. I actually thought I was getting a grasp on it about six months ago. I used to call out different religions. I thought we're orchestrating this entire global takeover. Uh, but there was a book I read that was published in 1992. It's by Dr. John Coleman, and it's titled Conspirators Hierarchy the story of the committee of 300 for anybody who's never read this book you all need to buy this book and you all need to read it uh, i actually nothing has summarized for me or solidified what grand amount of evil is being perpetrated on the entire globe including canada uh, than this book the committee of 300 so please i would encourage you all to read it in fact it states in there that in the 60s this group the committee of 300 they put in their writings, they published that the majority of human beings on the planet is who they called useless eaters. That term you're hearing from Harari with the World Economic Forum, that's not his phrase. He's actually repeating what the Committee of 300 wrote back in the 60s. And they said in the 60s that we have to depopulate a certain amount of the planet of human beings because by the year 2050, in the 60s, they said by the year 2050, we have to reduce the Earth's population down to 1 billion because if it remains at a population growth exponentially the way it is since the 60s till now, they said the Earth can't maintain providing resources to a population greater than 1 billion. So we need to reduce it. And in that book, they articulate that they're going to create pandemics 
which is what they're doing right now. And they're going to create pandemics in two ways. They're going to poison the majority of people through the air and through the de water delivery systems in your city. So they're going to disguise toxins and poisons they drop from the air or the sky or in heating systems, or they're going to actually push poisons into water and have you drink them. And then they're going to introduce vaccine agendas to actually address the poisoning they've created, but the vaccine agendas uh, are actually driving the slow and steady die-off of billions around the earth. So the conspirators hierarchy by Dr. John Coleman. That's very good. And um, I saw this morning that there's a whole bunch of fish that are dead in parts of the world and that they have been poisoned. And in fact, when people went to get the dead fish out of the water, they're actually, the, the poison is getting on their hands. Um, and so we've caught people, you know, there's videos of different ones in Canada, basically catching Laura Lynn, these. have you seen those? I've yes. seen those in Canada. Those guys are actually yeah. poisoning the water and the fish are dying right in front of you. And that those, uh, those wilderness guys are walking into the waters and chasing yeah, them like off. Yeah, who are you? Getting the poison. Uh, they are poisoning our water systems. They are doing that. And they're trying to kill fish. They're trying to destroy food supply chain, obviously. But that water source, that's fresh water. Guess where that ends up? It ends up being your tap source water. So please uh, be very leery. There's a orchestrated attempt to poison us from all ends through our air, water, and our food. And man, yes. there's been a few people busted, thank goodness, recently in Canada for trying to do just that. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that we all thought was a conspiracy theory, we, before we get on to some really cool things that uh, you have to share going on in the world, but uh, these, um, you know, you, you see an airplane go by and they leave a trail and all of a sudden over hours, the, the trail doesn't disappear. It just spreads wider and wider. And then you've got all of these different planes going this way and that way. And uh, basically it's dimming the sun and, you know, um, America and Canada, we have the documents, I've showed them on this show, where they say, please don't do your weather modification, um, you know, agenda within 200 kilometers or 200 miles on the U.S. side of our borders. Keep it on your side and don't, don't mess with what we're doing. So there is weather modification uh, going on and we used to think that that was just maybe crazy but lots of people are reporting these things and it it is all harming humanity and these vaccines as you've said are harming humanity and you pointed out that remdesivir I remember uh, I'll never forget when you were giving us the data on remdesivir right on this show when people were still being given it in our hospital right here in BC Yes, yeah, this has been a massive thing I've been doing for the last two and a half years, I guess now. It feels like it has been that long since May of 2020. I've been in the media bringing and showing all audiences around the world, whether from stages in Capitol buildings with certified testimony. I've been trying my best to be relentless to educate people on the, the actual risks that were published of remdesivir. So back in May of 2020, uh, and since then, I've been disclosing that remdesivir was published to cause death in 53% of all patients given that drug in an Ebola trial the year before COVID started. 53% of the people died that got that drug. And it was the only drug that had an over 50% death rate. So the drug was pulled from the Independent Safety Board. And then in May of 2020, Anthony Fauci lies to the whole world and said remdesivir was proven 
safe and effective against the Ebola virus in Africa in this study? No, it wasn't. It was found to be the most dangerous and the least effective and the most deadly. So I've been trying to show this lie and thank goodness now, as I've been doing this nonstop around the world, either in grand juries, depositions, uh, state capitol buildings, testifying to senators, legislators, I've been doing it nonstop, it feels like, and coming on platforms like yours, which is phenomenal. And thank you, God, thank you for allowing anybody to hear truth when it's spoken or shared or shown. But the goal was to try to save as many people as possible from experiencing what I experienced and my wife experienced in February of 2020 when her dad was killed in a hospital in nine days with an ill-advised protocol for the flu. And they used drugs very similar and methodology and protocols similar to what they're doing with COVID that led to his death in nine days. So I've been exposing uh, that uh, outright nonstop. Great announcement out three weeks ago, we went to Fresno, California and me, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Angie Farella and Jancy Lindsay with our two attorneys, Dr. Uh, sorry, Mike Hamilton and Dan Watkins. We held a press conference in Fresno, California three weeks ago to announce a lawsuit. We filed that morning uh, 14 different lawsuits against three different Fresno hospitals for medical neglect, murder, uh, of those individuals in those families that we were representing with the remdesivir COVID-19 protocols, the refusal to admit uh, hydration or nutrition to these individuals while they were in there. Uh, they refused, most of them, they actually refused in writing and verbally to not receive remdesivir while in there. They still were given remdesivir and died. So these are the lawsuits now that we were filing. We have thousands of people around this country and out of Australia that we've recently learned this morning, have been reaching out to these attorneys to tell their stories to find out are there other doctors or attorneys that can help us in our states to actually file sanctions against these uh, and, and try to seek some kind of justice in this way. So that's what we're working on right now. We've already filed the lawsuits. We're now working towards discovery, which is going to be getting everything from the hospitals and from the families to be able to take before a jury or a trial. Eventually, that will take some time. But in the meantime, as we gather information, we can share it with the public. And that's what we're busy doing right now. So we're very that's excited. That's amazing. About that. And so good. Like, so absolutely wonderful to hear that any kind of justice could maybe even be attempted to be brought. It does seem like justice in the world's gone way down. And that's brought a loss of hope to a lot of people. Uh, you know, in, in some of these cases that we've had in Canada, we've not been getting a lot of success uh, here and there. And, um, but to hear that something this big with names like yourself and Dr. Peter McCullough behind this, it, it just brings my heart joy and may God guide this process and show the truth. You know, how have they gotten everyday normal doctors to comply? You haven't complied. Good men like Dr. Charles Hoff, uh, Dr. Stephen Malthaus in Canada, different doctors have refused to comply, but so many have just done whatever they needed to do, I guess, to keep their paycheck. And you wonder, you know, it, who's being paid off on the side or, or what, is, what is the price of the betrayal of humanity? Yes, this is a great point. So one of the things we keep in allowing my attorneys to also represent in the media in our interviews, we've had probably four interviews just this morning, but in those interviews, I make sure that Mike Hamilton makes the audiences aware of why it is we're pushing this actual lawsuit. And, and there's three scenarios. So they have one that's called outpatient care in California. If a patient comes and sick with COVID, 
there's an actual outpatient recommendation of remdesivir to go home and do two, three day period treatments. And they get $3,200 is what the hospital can bill for that outpatient prescription and care for COVID. If they hospitalize you and consider that inpatient, and it's either a non-complex or a complex case. Complex means they put you on a vent. (laughs) So if they put you on a vent, you actually, on average in California, the hospital will receive for 10 days of treatment for COVID-19. If they select remdesivir as the primary antiviral drug and then follow the COVID protocol for 10 days, the average hospital in California is getting $454,000 in 10 days per patient. If they put on the death certificate after dying with remdesivir and ventilation, if they will just write down COVID-19 is the primary cause of death, California hospitals get an additional payment of $147,000 per person they designated died from COVID-19. Those are some pretty heavy incentives to follow a protocol for the first time to ignore practicing medicine, which has been the standard of care your whole career. Now, medical doctors, nurse practitioners, ICU practitioners are being told by hospital administrators, look, people, we have half a million dollars that'll come our way if you just do what they tell us. And oh my God, the federally funded Medicare, Medicaid funded hospitals around this country, of which Fresno, some of those, they are getting outright massive waterfalls of cash and money and incentives to follow these protocols. Then they're threatening the medical doctors if they don't want to use remdesivir and have been educated by your platform and others that we've been able to be on. If they decide to not give them remdesivir or follow it, they will have uh, their licenses suspended or their rights at the hospital removed. So this is the great threat. They know most medical doctors in this country of America, most medical doctors cannot live to pay their bills past a two week window of savings. So if they lose their job or their rights to practice, they become very threatened financially to be able to, to take care of their families. So they know they can hold this over their head for the majority of these employees called medical doctors, called nurse practitioners and get them to follow these protocols without, without any kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, fight. Right. Accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Without any, uh, fight backs, you know, most of us think that doctors, uh, they make so much money. So they, they put everything away and they're, they're all fine, but they're just like the rest of us. They they get more, they spend more. I notice that in our own lives. You know, if the paycheck's bigger, mm-hmm. you spend more, and if it's smaller, you know, you can serve. So these doctors, they're they're they've got their boats and their houses and all of the fun things. And in order to um, you know speak out, they could lose their jobs, and they are basically they don't they're they're cowards and they don't want to to do anything like that. So that is, uh, yeah. that's a big part of this. Yeah, and I wanna explain this because people have asked me for two years now, why would medical doctors all of, a, all of a sudden just follow a protocol, never fight against their administrators or challenge their administrators? Typically I've heard medical doctors, even Peter McCullough was telling me the other day, medical doctors don't typically follow recommendations or protocols of their administrators. They usually fight them. They don't like their administrators and they usually will resist anything they tell them to or try to hold them to. It's just since COVID, that they've all been following this protocol as if, as in his words, he said, it's like they're under some spell or something, some evil spell to not practice medicine anymore. 
Uh, and then, but this is not my explanation. This is my explanation for the last two years when people have asked me, why would so many medical doctors and nurse practitioners follow along these protocols? And I said, it's very simple. And no one thought this was going to be the lesson. When I was in my Tennessee practice from 2004 to 2009, I had a patient that would come in once a week for, for about a year. He would come in and he would just have a check sitting on his lap in the waiting room. And I was not the typical doctor that had someone take my patient from the lobby and put him in a waiting room for me to go meet, or sorry, in a treatment room for me to go meet later. I actually greeted every patient out front and then brought them to a treatment room. That's just how I am. I just like to nice. greet them all. Well, this guy was out there every week and on a Monday, he would be sitting there with this big check, big, it was like this big, sitting on his lap. Yeah. And uh, I'd always ask him, what is that? And he'd go, oh, it's my deposit for this week. And I'd go, Oh yeah. And he'd hold it up. And there were always weekly checks of like 88,000, 110,000. These are always his deposits. And I would go like this, uh, this guy's name's Johnny. And he used to be a pitcher in the major league baseball. Okay. Johnny is looking at me and he goes as a retired ex pitcher, he's got a new business model. And he goes, do you want to know where I'm getting all this money from? And I said, sure, man, where are you getting it from? And he goes, I own seven title loan stores, which, in this country, maybe they have in Canada, I don't know. But uh, if you have a car that's paid for and you need to get a short-term loan, like you just need some money for the next two weeks, you can take your car title into a store and they'll give you like $2,000, but they'll charge you like 200% interest in a seven-day, 14-day period. Right. That's what a title loan place is. If you do not pay the bill back in two weeks or a week, whatever the time period is, the title loan store can seize your car. They own it because your agreement was you can have my pink slip to my car. If you'll just give me $2,000, then when you pay back the interest and the loan, they'll give you back your title. This is what that is. This guy every month, every week had 80,000, 90,000, hundred thousand dollar checks. And he looked at me and he goes, Hey doc, if you ever need a loan, just let me know. And I said, why would I need a loan? <laughs> I, said, I said, why would I need a loan? And he goes, uh, Dr. Arch, you don't know this. He goes, you've never asked me about my title loan business or if you need any financing or a loan. You've never asked me. He goes, do you know that my number one clients, I have two careers that are my primary clients at all my title stores, seven of them in Tennessee, that he's making hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. And he goes, do you know what those two careers are? And I said, no. And he goes, it's medical doctors and lawyers. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> Are you serious? And he goes, oh yeah. He goes, there's one thing about medical doctors and lawyers. They never learned how to manage money. They left school and graduated. They go through residency. Then they get a job somewhere or start a practice. And then they have to appear that they're making money like a medical doctor and a lawyer. So they go buy the big house, the big cars, the boats, and they get just as strapped as you and I do, except there's something about doctors and lawyers. They have to pay their bills. Why? They're required to pay their bills. If it's reported to collections, they didn't make a payment back to the title loan company. The board in their state is contacted. The bar for the lawyers, the medical board for the medical doctors. There's a complaint filed that they're not on top of their expenses. And if that's the case and it gets reported to the board, they can't practice and they'll suspend their license. And every year that I reapplied for my license, for my chiropractic license, it actually asked me questions. Or do you have any outstanding debts we're gonna find out about? If so, list them here. And why you haven't paid them and what you're doing to pay them back. I never had any of those. 
But anyway, this is one thing I learned is medical doctors are just as strapped as the rest of you living paycheck to paycheck. Most of you, but most medical doctors and lawyers in the country, per my own personal experience here, I'm sharing actually live beyond their means. And if that's the case, like Dave Ramsey does educate the whole world with his platforms. Right. If it's true that the average American, 95% of us are all in debt, living paycheck to paycheck and have a 15,000 average credit card debt balance. If that's true, it's true for the medical doctors and the nurses too. And if that's the case, now you know why they could not speak up against the administrators. They couldn't say, I'm protocol. I'm going to treat this patient and practice medicine like before. No, no, no. You'll lose your job. We, if you're, and if they're fired, they can't use them as a recommendation for the next job they're going to apply for. So they were really stuck in this position where they felt like they had to stay there. Well, thank God there's been a few of us, about a hundred in the entire country of the United States who saw how ill this entire system was, how evil and corrupt and tyrannical these medical protocols appeared with COVID-19 could be aware that there was a problem and were brave enough to step away and create either an online telemedicine uh, kind of practice that many have been very successful with or have found other ways to generate income or create their own independent practices now. Uh, it's been a very eye-opening experience, but like me and Peter McCullough, we go around a lot, but Peter McCullough said about a year ago to me, he goes, you know, doc, there's about a million medical doctors in this country, in the United States. He goes, I can only think of maybe 50 that are speaking out and are awake and we need more of them. Yeah, wow. it's very true. We do. We need a lot more of them. We do. I had a telemedicine call from um, <clears throat> my local doctor, you know, I needed some medication and um, he asked me if I was up to date on my shots. So I said to him, oh, absolutely not. And I started firing off a whole bunch of stuff I know from what I do. He has no idea what I do. And he said, uh, you know, you should Google me. Because so what he does, um, what he did was he called me a couple days later because I was giving him all this stuff. And, and he got very, like you could tell his back went up and he was mad, but he's in the role of a doctor. So he calls me back a couple days later and he says, I'm, I'm taking the time to call you on my own time because I want to help you. Because you're delusional and you don't know what's going on. And so I want to help you to do that. And I said, oh, wow, thank you so much. You know, I, I, I really appreciate that because I was under the impression that you're not operating on, on the facts as they are. And I was very sad about that after our talk. I thought about it many times. And so he goes, well, you know, here's what's happening. And he goes into that, you know, <clears throat> misinformation gets spread, blah, blah, blah. And then that I have feelings and I just can't really, you know, I can't tie it all in. Uh, I'm, I'm just emotionally unable to do that. I said, could we just get past all that? Could I just give you some statistics? Could I just go by the data? I don't want you to be, you know, moved by anything else but the data. And so I went down that, well, wouldn't you know it? He just doesn't want to talk anymore. Oh, I see. I'm not going to be able to convince you. So I got to go pick up my kids from soccer. So I better go. Uh, but I hope I gave him something to think about. But the delusion is also a very powerful thing. Like their delusion that thinks we're delusional. We, ha I mean, have you ever seen anything like this, Dr. Artis, where we're literally, we have to choose between this side and that side. And we got to get some pretty concrete evidence in our hearts and souls, hopefully, where we go, yep, I'm choosing the right side or the left. Yeah, very good points. And I'm very proud of you for sticking up and sharing data and information with this guy. I will tell you, have I ever seen anything like this? 
Yeah, I actually saw it about 10 years ago with my own family. Uh, when I was, I was raised multi-generational, like fourth or fifth generation Mormon uh, in the Mormon religion, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I started reading church history documents and books and then books and journals of people who knew the founder of the Mormon church. And I'm just, I just like researching and studying. That's all I like. Well, as I studied these historical documents, these biographies and journals, it's a very different picture of who Joseph Smith really was who started that church. What was interesting was, is when I made my parents aware of my five years of research in reading on Mormon history and letting them know all of my problems and all the lies I've been told my whole life about this, a couple things here for you and your audience. I realized and had this entire experience and you're seeing with COVID right now with medical doctors, scientists, attorneys, the mass media, I was experiencing this in my own little Mormon world that I grew up in. So I was told I could not read books that the church told me or did not sanction. So I could only read church sanctioned books my whole life. And they would call everything else anti-Mormon literature, Laura Lynn. Mm. Do you know what they say about vaccine misinformation? They call it anti-vaxxer information, right? Mm -hmm. This is a very cult-like tactic to keep you from looking at stuff and then they will tell you not to even look at it because it can tempt you, misguide you. It is disinformation, misinformation. It might lead you away and destroy your testimony of Joseph Smith and the Mormon church. That's what I was told if I read anything or associated with other organizations. So when I read all these books, Laura Lynn, I invited my family to read the books. You know what they all said? I don't even want to look at those. And I'd go, well, why don't, why won't you just look? I said, imagine if you find out that what I found out is true. What if you find out it's true and then you don't have to give up 10% of all of your income to a religion that's false? Right. Uh, wouldn't that be miraculous? How much more money you could save towards retirement, more free you would be if you weren't being told every day of your life what to do in relationship to the schedule the Mormon church gives you for every day of the week. Wouldn't that be great how freeing that would be? Nope, guess what they did? I don't even wanna look at it. I guess we can't change your mind. Now, this is my message for the doctor you were trying to convey data to and have a conversation with. Ignorance is not always bliss. In fact, ignorance, which is remaining uneducated and not being willing to look, leads to many, many opportunities to be deceived and misled. So I've been asked even this last weekend to do a presentation at a Baptist church in Dallas. So I went before the whole congregation this last weekend. The pastor asked me, Laura Lynn, to do a title of a presentation called, How Do We Navigate After the Pandemic? <laughs> and I, this is what I said. Now, for all of you in Canada, I'm sure you probably heard Joe Biden said on 60 Minutes that you know the pandemic's over. So we must be in the post-pandemic era. So let me tell you how you're gonna navigate it. This is what I told him. This is exactly what I said. And I love that you started out this presentation or show with a scripture from Ezra. That was great, I love it. And I love that your dad's Bible. That's really cool, I love that. Uh, I stood up there and I said, this is how you're going to navigate anything in relationship to health. When a medical doctor talks to you in the future in regards to your health and decisions of things you should be prescribed or take or do surgical, whatever. If a medical doctor opens their mouth to you in the future, this is how you're going to navigate post the pandemic era. You are going to first assume they're lying to you. First, you're going to assume every medical doctor is lying to you. And then 
The second thing you're going to do is you're going to go home and you're going to do your own research. And then this is what I said, Lord Lens is a great message for your audiences. I said, raise your hands, everybody. If you believe God is all knowing and all powerful. And they all raised their hands. I said, good. Keep your hands up. All of you that believe God can actually answer your prayers. And they all lift their hands up. And I said, really, you all believe that? And they said, yes. I said, well, good. This is what you're going to do to navigate your entire life health wise forever in the future. Anytime a medical doctor opens their mouth, you're going to assume they're lying and you're going to go get a second opinion, third opinion and go do your own research. And then you're going to get on your knees after you've done your own research. Listen to the recommendations of those you see as professionals and experts. You're going to get on your knees and you're going to ask God, all of you that just kept your hands up that you believe God will answer your prayers. You're going to get on your knees and you're going to lay out for God what you've been told. And you're going to ask him for guidance for all of you who believe it. I said, just so you know, no one knows your body more than God does. And you live inside of it. That guy created that thing. And this is my message. And it is even now. God did not screw up on day six when he created you. He saved his greatest creation for last. And man has continued to lie to you that he failed, he screwed up when he created the human body. In fact, they have you so convinced that, they, that he screwed up so badly, you can't even live one day on this planet without man injecting a baby with something that God created the baby. You have to inject that God's creation with something man created to make the body that God created work better or function better. As if he forgot an immune system, we have to inject it with hepatitis B virus. Why would we do that? The only place you get hepatitis B virus is from sex, sexual intercourse, and intravenous drug needle sharing. Laura Lynn, how many babies have you seen in the nursery of a hospital having sex with each other and sharing needles? Right. Do this. And I said, every single one of you that kept your hands up and said you believe God is all knowing and all powerful, and those of you that remained with your hands up in the air and said you believe God will answer your prayers, this is what I said. I said, I, I want all of you to prove it to me and never take another vaccine the rest of your life they are convincing you that god screwed up when he created you he didn't get it right we have to inject you with this drug or inject you with this vaccine to make it function correctly nope that's a flat out lie listen to those great doctors like charles hoff who outright was able to say my mrna vaccinated mostly indigenous patients in british columbia canada when I ran a test called a D-dimer, 60% of all the mRNA injected patients had elevated D-dimers, which means as he has disclosed, you're having massive amounts of blood clotting all throughout your body. Now, blood clots cause strokes and heart attacks and death. So what benefit would there be to inject some experimental drug into all babies, newborns, adults, elderly, an experimental shot that could create 60% of all people to develop blood clots as he's observed and has since spoken out and then had his entire life disrupted uh, and challenged his, his office, having to go on the run, hiding in cabins up in mountains. It's been horrific what's happened to him, but he's been a great voice of reason, logic, and obviously to me, an angel for all of the innocent children around the world that are God's children. Uh, he's placed some of us in a position to, to be awake and aware and then recognize when you're being lied to and deceived and misled. And hopefully we can continue to be a voice of reason uh, and truth 
And I just pray that audiences around the world, including, including yours, when we say anything that is truthful, they will feel it in their hearts, have their minds pierced, and they will recognize truth when they hear it. Yes, because one of the great compromises in this whole thing has been the church who have uh, made people have to get a vaccination in order to come to church. A lot of places, they were the more um, enlightened ones. They had the vaccinated bubble side and the unvaccinated bubble side. And now we're finding all of these things that it's affecting babies and the breast milk, um, uh, the Moderna, Pfizer lying about their initial stages. And then when they put the information out, it's, you know, just kind of all, I mean, there's so much information we can get lost in all of it. But when people like yourself and Dr. Naomi Wolf and those that are just committed to the truth, like who cares? Like, you know, damn the torpedoes. We're just going to, you know, go and do it. Um, they're, they're telling the truth and the church has missed the boat. Some of these great leaders, I was just talking to someone this morning, the big names we all know have just completely bowed and not known the facts. And when the facts and the science are coming out, you're like, how embarrassing that you had no discernment and you've done this to the flock. You convince people, you convince Christians who are now dying actually and who are now experiencing heart problems and myocarditis and all of the things that are going on. And the church has failed just the same way that you weren't able to get the truth uh, with the religion that you grew up in. The church somehow has truly failed us at this time. Yes, and I'd like to speak to the church actually as a whole. I mentioned this book earlier, The Conspirator's Hierarchy and the Story of the Committee of 300, that book. Yep. For those of you that have like wondered, how is it possible that all these pastors, religious leaders, not like Arthur Pavlovsky, that guy yes. stood up against the tyrannical Amen. messaging. But when they told you in Canada and America to close your doors of your churches and we're going to go on lockdowns, or when they started in California saying, you know, if you can meet in church, but you can't sing hymns or you can't raise your arms up in prayer. Like this is the kind of limitations they would do. You can go to church, but you can't sing. You might spread COVID. Uh, Really? Uh, that's, that's pretty absurd. If you want to know why it is so many Christian churches around the world have ad actually advocated, including Pope Francis, he told the whole world in the Roman Catholic Church that all the followers of the Roman Catholic Church should look at the COVID-19 vaccines. This is his quote, not mine. He said the whole world should look at the COVID-19 vaccines as their friends. That's what he said. You should look at them as if they're your friends. Why is it so many clergy people, pastors, ministers, who supposedly are men of faith, who are messaging to their followers to put faith in God and turn to God for all things that you need, why all of a sudden are they pushing science and shots and vaccines? Why is that their focus? Why are they following the government's ruling of shut down your church and don't open your doors? Why did so many people do that? If you want to know why, read the book, The Story of Committee of 300. It explains all of it. Since the 60s, there has been an orchestrated attempt to actually insert people that they wanted into the leadership of all major Christian sects around the world. Yep. And it was on purpose to destroy and get to this end game we're talking about. This is why they have infiltrated. And now this is why they're not keeping their doors open. Why it is they're pushing a shot? I mean, do you think, I actually asked the church this weekend, raise your hand if you believe that if Jesus Christ was here on the earth in the last three years, that he would have gotten a COVID-19 shot. 
or recommended you to get a COVID-19 shot. And everybody laughed. And I said, uh, what do you think he would have said if you'd have walked up to him and said you were blind from birth? What, what did he do in the story Testament? He spit in the dirt, made mud, and stuck it on the guy's eyes and told him to go wash it off in the river. I said, this is your creator, man. He doesn't need a shot or vaccine or surgery or drug to cure blindness. I know. He actually used the most basic things. The earth that he created, he mixed the minerals in the dirt with water, his spit, and put it on his eyes. He can he can cure and heal anybody. He would never, ever take the COVID-19 shot. He would not push it. If you want to learn what's going on, read the Committee of 300. It actually will open up your eyes to everything you're going to experience the entire rest of your life. Nothing has been more eye-opening to me than that one singular book. And I couldn't believe, do you know where that book came from? It was referenced to me to read that book in an interview of two children who were raised in a satanic occult family. And they said, if you want to know what's going on in the world of COVID, read this book and you'll know. And I happened to watch that about a month and a half ago. It was sent to me by Dr. Lee Merritt, the interview, and I watched it. There was five books referenced. I bought them all. Oh my goodness. The Committee of 300 was the first one. It absolutely explains. There is a worldwide attempt to create a one world religion. The Committee of 300 is committed to making that happen. In that book, you will learn the Committee of 300's goal is to create a one world religion that will look as if it's Roman Catholic. But that Roman Catholic cloak is covering up the satanic occult. They are trying to infiltrate the entire world with a global takeover. And right now I'm reading this book. In case anybody wants to know what Dr. Arch is going to be talking about next, yep. it's going to be this book. The New World Religion. This is by Gary H. Koff. Spiritual Roots of Global Government. So this book I read about one hour's worth flying back from a His Glory conference this weekend in Ohio. I've gotten through 77 pages. I'll keep going. But uh, this is going to be some of the stuff. If you, if you don't know what's under going on and it's really confusing. Oh, another thing I would like to explain. In the Committee of 300, this explained perfectly for me what's going on. You keep saying it in this interview, actually, how massively confused it can be at times. We've experienced in the last three years. There's so much information, so much data, so many conflicting information. It has become overwhelming to the majority of human beings to manage so much confusing information through social media, through family, through through doctors, through Laura Lynn and friends. You know, everywhere. We're getting information everywhere, all over the place, nonstop all about the vaccines. Do they work? Do they not work? Blah, 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 all this stuff. The committee of 300 says that they, they're going to create a global takeover and it's very easy. What they're going to do is they're going to create right wing and left wing movements in all countries around the world. And they're going to create massive amounts of information that is conflicting or confusing. And we're going to create so much information. We know the human brain, they state, can only handle and decipher so much information. They know if you flood a individual's mind with too much data, they will actually reach an emotional state that is called apathetic. Committee of 300 says, if we can create such mass amount of confusion through TV, radio, movies, uh, newspapers, radio, you name it, podcasts, if we can create massive amounts of confusion and data, eventually the majority of society will become overwhelmed and the individual will become apathetic. And when they become apathetic, this is what happens. 
100% of the time yeah. to these humans. They can't help it. When you become apathetic and there's too many choices to make, you eventually will become apathetic emotionally and you will go like this. Look, I can't figure it out. Can you just tell me what to do, authority figures? Experts, tell me what to do. Boss, just tell me what to do. I'm listening to the Dr. Artist Show and Laura Lynn Show. They say the vaccines are dangerous and we shouldn't do it. You're telling me I have to get the shot in order to keep my job and to save lives here in this hospital. Just tell me what to do. It's too confusing. And what is the boss going to say? You have to get the shot or you're going to lose your job. And you're like, fine, just do it. Eventually, they know the human mind will become so overwhelmed, they will turn apathetic and turn themselves over to the governing bodies or authority figures in their life to simply tell them what to do. I'm not necessarily sure it's a mass hypnotic psychosis thing. I actually think it's more of mind control, bullying, coercion, and just overall overwhelming the system. And, and trauma, perhaps, like PTSD almost. Oh my gosh, it is PTSD. I'm actually going to do an entire, start doing some lectures on PTSD and how to actually get over it. Because I think that's a part of this massive amount of emotional mental trauma with so much data and info. Okay, well, we need you to come back on and tell us all about that when you do it. Um, Yeah, I I actually took our audience through the entire one hour of Tucker Carlson's Mateus Desmond interview and uh, just to kind of see because i don't know if it's true i don't know if it's a hypnotic thing or or you know i don't i don't ever want to believe that someone can put me into hypnosis but when he talks about triggering events like how the left lost their their lost their minds when trump got in in 2016 like we maybe because we were so happy about it we failed to understand that that was a triggering event for chaos in them like they just couldn't and it led to 2020, you know, stealing an election and becoming completely uh, vile and deceptive. But also the death of, um, of Floyd, of George Floyd, was also a triggering event that seemed to um, get everybody onto a side. Uh, to, to have seen that publicly, the way, whether that cop was right or not, the way that we watched him seem to die right there. That was a very hard thing. So when you explain triggering events and PTSD, and then you can't, you just, you no longer can even listen to anybody. So maybe like I'm seeing that in the people that I know that they just can't handle it. And so that's okay with me. Um, do we have a thing that says something? The audio book oh, of the committee of 300 is on YouTube. Oh, thank you to that gentleman. Maybe we just need to pay more attention to that. But uh, I know you probably got to go because you're always so busy. But um, do, do you have anything to say about the sudden death, adult death syndrome? Like, Oh, yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So sudden infant death syndrome or SIDS, there's actually research studies in a podcast I'm gonna do in two weeks of my own show. That's going to go over the research that proves SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, which they do not admit medically is correlated to this, but 98% of all SIDS babies died within 24 hours of a vaccine in the children's schedule. That is a huge correlation. Now, now you're learning about a new acronym called SADS, Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. And I mentioned here that there's individuals dying, 80% of them after getting the COVID-19 shots in the first seven days. 50% of all deaths are within 48 hours of getting the COVID-19 second shot. 
So is there a correlation to this? You better believe it. SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, is directly correlated to the negative impact of the adjuvants in vaccines or additives in vaccines in the children's schedule that cross the blood-brain barrier and injure the brain stem that controls respiration and breathing. And your respiration will get so low that you won't breathe and you'll die. Diaphragm gets paralyzed, heart doesn't beat, and you die in your sleep. Different than SAD you're seeing right now, sudden adult death syndrome. It is absolutely an extension of the poisoning effects and toxic effects of the COVID-19 injections, which they're calling vaccines also. Just, and just uh, so y'all know, yeah. don't, do not forget this and do not dismiss it. When I said to the world, the majority of your adverse events you're seeing from the COVID-19 vaccines can be linked to components of venoms. <laughs> you better be real careful what happens when a snake bites a prey. The venom actually crosses the blood-brain barrier. It actually attaches itself to nicotinic acetylcholine receptors and stops your ability to breathe. That's what it does. And the two researchers who created the COVID-19 mRNA shots, their two names are Cataline Carrico and Drew Weissman at the University of Pennsylvania. Drew Weissman and Cataline Carrico. Look at their research studies. Anybody go at home, just type in Google. Drew Weissman and Cataline Carrico, K-A-T-A-L-I-N, Cataline Carrico, K-A-R-I-K-O, and snake venom research. These are the two people that are receiving royalties every day on the COVID-19 shots, mRNA ones, Pfizer and Moderna right now for their creation. Look it up. The first research study that pops up 2009, these two researchers disclose that they are doing this research for Anthony Fauci's department at the NIH. They're solely funded by the NIAID department of Anthony Fauci to do one thing and one thing only, mRNA gene editing therapy. In 2009, this started. In that very first study and every study after that, the same in research, they disclose in their method that how they cut RNA and DNA to insert a new mRNA gene sequence, like these vaccines, they disclose that they use one thing and one thing only to do it mRNA gene editing therapy, snake venom phosphodiesterase. And it is written out on every single research study. They use snake venom to do it. What does snake venom in the human body do? Shuts down your liver, shuts down your kidneys, shuts down your heart, shuts down your ability to breathe, paralyzes your diaphragm, and we die as a result of those complications. So please don't ignore it. Also, Dr. Charles Hoff, he said 60% of all his mRNA vaccinated patients in British Columbia had elevated D-dimers. Go on medscape.com right now, type in any search engine, type medscape.com and type in, uh, type in elevated D-dimer interpretation. There was an article written in 2019 that actually says, there's five things every medical doctor should look for with elevated D-dimers that Hoff said mRNA vaccinated patients, 60% of them had elevated D-dimers. There's five things, five bullet points that shows it. First one is deep vein thrombosis. The first four bullet points are every medical doctor, when you see elevated D-dimers, look for these different kinds of blood clots in the body. The fifth bullet point is the only thing listed that can cause the other blood clots in the various parts of the body that you see on a D-dimer. And it says snake venom poisoning. So what if 
the correlation to elevated D-dimers as discovered by Dr. Charles Hoff, who blew the whistle on this D-dimer correlation. If D-dimers are taught to lab technicians and medical doctors to be looking for snake venom poisoning, the people who created these shots, they studies doing mRNA gene editing therapy for Anthony Fauci since 2009. They use snake venom, phosphodiesterase to do it. Everyone on the planet needs to be looking at the possibility you've all been envenomated. And I'm about to do an entire documentary here, me and another guy, on how to actually get venom out of the human body to protect as many lives of those who have fallen victim of coercion, bullying, or fear-mongering to give them or their loved ones or uh, children these vaccine shots, these COVID-19 shots. It's, it's absolutely absurd what is going on around the world. And my goal is to protect your life and make sense of the horrible symptoms, side effects, and deaths we're seeing, including this disgusting diagnosis of SADS with adults. Uh, something's killing them. Something's causing them to die in their sleep, not unlike SIDS. And I would be very suspicious of any toxin poison being ejected to them in these shots. You're so amazing. Um, I went out and got uh, the nicotine gum uh, that you suggested. And one of our viewers, I was talking to him and he said after he saw you, he'd had a cough, long COVID cough. And he went out, got the nicotine. And he said within like literally uh, two two choose uh, time periods, the cough left. It has not returned. And um, and so it's solving everything. But I unfortunately didn't read the package, uh, Dr. Artis. So what happened was I took a whole one. I chewed it like a spearmint gum. And I thought, oh, this probably won't even do anything to me. I mean, what is nicotine gum? I don't know. Oh, it tastes good, you know. So I'm chewing the gum, chewing the gum. Uh, within about like a minute and a half, I start not feeling so good. And then uh, I kind of just keep chewing, and within three minutes, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I had to, I had to stop everything I was doing. My husband had to put all the groceries away. I had to sit down and literally stare at, at a wall for two hours. <laughs> Remember that? It was horrible because I didn't read well, the my- package. Everyone, you don't just chew it like gum. You're supposed to chew it and then like kind of suck on it and just. Like give yourself a break, and and so now I started doing only a quarter of a gum because it yeah, was dude, bad. I, I don't recommend. I don't recommend people do. They have two versions: two milligram gums and four. Do right. not do the four ever. If you're going to do any, get the two milligrams, and you right. might want to just bite it in half and just do one milligram. It's usually enough. There's bite two it things. in half for sure. Yeah. So that's brilliant. I've heard from thousands of people around the world that nicotine. After I brought the awareness of the venom aspect of COVID in the shots. Right. I cannot tell you, thousands of people around the world have told me all their symptoms started disappearing within 30 minutes, 45 minutes of chewing the first gum of right. nicotine, that they had lost their taste and smell for two years and then it returned Then within a day. There's a couple people though that have seen even bigger improvements. There's, there's, I just wanna to touch on these real quick. If you sure. haven't tried the nicotine, you should try it. At the same time you're doing nicotine, there is actually a plant that has an extract that is known to inhibit the toxic deadly effects of even King Cobra venom in the human body. And it's called Macuna prurines extract. The actual like English name is the velvet bean extract or velvet bean plant. The extract Uh, like V E I N vein velvet bean, B E A N like a kidney bean or a, Green bean. Yep. The velvet bean. Macuna. It's called Macuna. M-U-C-U-N-A. Macuna. 
Prurines, P-R-U-R-E-I-N-S. And I would okay. take the Lictrac. They sell them in like capsule form or dry form and liquid extract. You need the liquid extract for sure. Okay. Do the liquid extract and follow the dose on the body. Add that to nicotine. I cannot tell you how many people have restored hearing, lost tinnitus, brain fog all disappeared just by oh. adding nicotine and Macuna Prurines to that list. That's fantastic. You heard it here, yep. everyone, on the Laurel Lynn Live Show with Dr. Brian Artis. <laughs> what other it. platforms are there where you get truth? None. They're only here at Laurel Lynn. You will it's not hear great. this on CBC, CTV, or Global tonight uh, and Canadian News. And, well, of course, we go across the United States as well. So we've got lots of people. Uh, somebody even sent me a wonderful little donation in American money. It meant a lot because my Canadian dollar is worth 67 cents or, no, 64. It went down to 64 cents on your American dollar. So, uh, wow. yeah. So uh, getting, a, getting a couple bucks from the U.S., that meant the world to us. You know, we were able to to really go whole hog, like get the good beef, you know, it was good. <laughs> but anyways. All right, well, you gotta, you gotta say hi to somebody. Look who just walked okay. in. Oh, hello. Hi, how are you, beautiful lady? It's good to see you. That is Dr. Brian Artist's wife. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, good to Jane. see you. She's the reason I'm even here. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have to be a real team, don't you? And she has supported you. I. I remember uh, before you were coming out with everything and she just, she said she just wanted you to be okay because, you know, death threats and things like this and in the business where you tell the truth are, are very prevalent and you need a good spouse and you have that, uh, Dr. Artis. And so you are blessed well, among doing? many. So she, she makes sure of a couple things. Yeah. She makes sure that I do what she's doing right now takes my supplements see that oh Taking my goodness that's a lot right there but she makes sure i take my supplements every day she always yeah. actually organizes them for me and has them on my counter that she makes sure i eat every day because i would research do interviews and educate people 24 7 and i would wither away and die so yes it's great to have a <laughs> thank you for doing that that's right <laughs> that's so awesome. awesome that is so great oh well, i mean i great, guess Lord i should Lynn. I should make sure my husband gets his supplements. We're going to include that next. Oh, he's thrilled. I can already tell. <laughs> he's thrilled. Thank you, Dr. Artis. I just, I love you. You're one of the greatest people on the planet. And I thank you for your expertise. I thank you for your sacrifice. I can't say it enough. It's not glib words. We are so grateful for the price you're paying. Thank you for doing it. And let's do this again. Um, and especially after you're doing your podcast and all of that, it's going to be about wait. all the things you keep exposing. Yeah. I would love that. It would be okay. fabulous. Yep. You need to make sure all it's right. good to your audience. Okay. Bless you. Thank you, Dr. Artis. Bless you. Have a great evening. You and your husband. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, he's fabulous. I'm going to get you some supplements, hun, and I'll start lining them up on the table like that. <laughs> like his wife. <laughs> She's the best, eh? <laughs> oh, if I'd only start cooking for you? Oh, finally I'm starting to cook. Yeah, I don't need to cook. I just have to just line it up. Yeah, I've tried cooking and I'm not bad. I have a couple of really good dishes that we have when people come over. And then other than that, I'm much better with a barcode. Um, and directions. Uh, there's nothing you can't do as a woman uh, if you've got a little, you know, thing that says how long to cook that puppy in the, um, in the 
beauty of it. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Nothing to be ashamed of. My talents are better used other places. So it hasn't been easy for me. Um, so the, U, the UK expose says that the UK government confirms 9 in 10 COVID deaths over the last year have been the fully and triple vaccinated. This is the data. This is the stuff I'd like to be able to show that doctor if he would have given me the time. He didn't want to give me his email because I said I wanted to send him stuff and he wasn't into that at all. So official figures published by the UK government reveal the fully triple vaccinated population have accounted for over nine in every 10 COVID-19 deaths in England over the past year. 91% of all COVID-19 deaths since the beginning of 2022 and 94% of all COVID-19 deaths since the beginning of April 2022. So there's the reality. Um, I want to show a, a little video here on a doctor who has been fully vaccinated and who's now turned, no, I thought it, 4A, the video, Dr. Asim. All right. Well, um, yeah, he's been fully vaccinated, so he's not a denier of vaccines. And this is what he has to say. Double jabbed and being one of the first to take the Pfizer vaccine. I have, after several months, critically appraising the data, speaking to eminent scientists in Oxford, Stanford and Harvard, speaking to two investigative medical journalists and being contacted by two Pfizer whistleblowers, reluctantly concluded that this vaccine is not completely safe and has unprecedented harms, which leads me to conclude that it needs to be suspended until all the raw data has been released for independent analysis. One more hero doctor. One more. One more who's not uh, letting uh, his debt and possible financial mismanagement keep him from telling the truth. <laughs> um, okay, so the province in our um, amazing, wonderful British Columbia is basically, uh, they're running a story about how the next COVID wave is already here. Um, starting in Canada, here's why this one should be different. Okay, what does it say there, JT? Canada recommends everyone 12 and older to get a fall booster three to six months after their last vaccine or infection. And you know what we all have to say to you? For sure we will. You first, guys. You can have ours. You can have ours. That shouldn't come as a surprise, said McGill University genomic evolutionary biologist Jesse Shapiro. Forget for a moment all the alphanumeric subvariants, new and old, scientists are watching. Even just based on waning immunity, the time since the average person had their last infection or their last booster, a wave was expected. So, so what are they saying? They're saying that basically with every one of these stupid waves, uh, you know, a stupid new variant that comes out, you better get your booster shot. Meanwhile, people are dying after the double and triple shots. Um, you know, you've probably all seen this video that's gone pretty viral of a bus driver and he is kind of just sitting there and then you can see he's not feeling well and then all of a sudden he's kind of his head's going back and then he goes into a convulsion and drives the you know, takes his foot off the brake and drives his bus into people and whatever and, and you know, messes up the 
the people on the bus one lady goes flying out the door or whatever because it appears he's just literally dying while you're watching this and you know I wanted to show that viral video and then my husband and I talked about it and like with integrity and everything we thought well we don't know why that happened um, did did he was he a guy that had taken the vaccine or is he just having a heart attack or whatever and you know I I want to walk a fine line between um, telling the truth but having any sensationalism but oh I I know you'll see the video just go on Twitter everyone's showing it you'll see it it won't be hard to find guy dies on bus like you know put it in for yourself and you can see it in Turkey so another sudden adult death syndrome and you know maybe there's just nothing to see here but people are dying all over the place and what concerns me is that if those who've taken the jab would uh, really be cognizant that that they've done something that they shouldn't have done to their body and if they began to do some things that might help like maybe just the gum even uh, this anti snake venom gum um, so I don't know if Dr. Artis really explained that this um, the the gum what is it called Nicorette. yeah Nicorette gum it you know it literally you know it helps you to stop smoking or whatever but the nicotine in it nicotine is a natural resistant to snake venom isn't that bizarre and that's why they figured out that a lot of people that smoked were not getting COVID that's like that was a strange thing way back in the beginning so you know you can't believe anything in the province of course none of this show is going to end up on global news tonight uh uh, I might be considered a Christian nationalist like my good friend Tanya Gaw, which what an honor. You know, she's uh, called out in some papers being a Christian nationalist. This is all the rage, eh? Christian nationalists. Uh, whatever that means, we kind of have to define it. We should define it for ourselves. Uh, I would say it's Christian Canadians who love God, country, health, and truth, and freedom. And what? And family. Oh, thanks, hon. That's so sweet. How could I forget that? And family. That's what a Christian nationalist love. They love all the good things. So y'all hate us. You think we're racist and, you know, terrorists, right? Y'all lost your ever-loving minds. You should be afraid of your own selves. That's who you should be afraid of. So uh, 5A, I've got this Irish uh, poster on vaccine side effects. So this is kind of cool. Somebody's, are they telling the truth, JT? I mean, is this what they're really doing? So look at this. <clears throat> this is, is this in Ireland? Okay. So vac vaccine recipients to all who have come forward to receive their COVID-19 vaccinations. Thank you for playing your part in keeping our community safe. Rare side effects have now come to our attention. Vaccine side effects, headaches, menstrual irregularities, Bell's palsy, blood clots, heart attacks, and strokes, sudden death. <laughs> okay, so like someone's to finally telling the truth. I mean, you gotta, you gotta honor, if that is actually for real, I mean, someone could have made that, but it looks real, doesn't it? Got all that yellow and everything. Okay, New York Post story about how Fauci and his wife's wealth skyrocketed during the pandemic. And uh, you may have heard of this going on too, but Dr. Fauci um, and wife's wealth skyrocketed by $5 million during the pandemic. Oh, I wonder what that's about. Wow, how did you get rich when millions of people lost their jobs and 
you know, the inflation's gone up and, you know, stock markets were like struggling and you, Fox News reported Fauci's first year golden parachute retirement pension is the largest in federal history. So uh, after he's made that $5 million on who knows how, what do you think it is? Then he's going to get that special pension. Oh, special. There's a special place. A special place waiting for Dr. Anthony Fauci. Repent. Repent. Okay. Uh, the province story about how pharmacies will be allowed to refill prescriptions without a doctor because of BC health shortage of doctors and nurses. BC spends about $23 billion on health care each year. There's a shortage of doctors and nurses in British Columbia. I wonder if my nurse friend, Sean Taylor, would have something to say about that. Sean Taylor, who, you know, lost his job to, due to all this nonsense because he spoke up, right? All kinds of nurses that we met when we were on tour. Oh, did we love being on tour. We had uh, just amazing dates. Standing room only in most places. It was a blast. So guess what I'm planning today? We're, we're going to be doing a little tour in Ontario, also in Nova Scotia. Also in the upper area of British Columbia, um, Fort St. John. We're going to touch base with our uh, all of our friends in Smithers in the last three that we missed um, on the last tour. We'd like to see, you know, fit those in. But it's all being planned. We've got some people working on it, so it's very exciting. But so the pharmacies are going to get to maybe just, you know, extend your prescriptions because why we have we don't have family doctors available. Dr. Bonnie Henry, you've done a really bad job. Mr. Speaker, Dr. Bonnie Henry has done a terrible job in British Columbia. Wouldn't that be amazing? Things you'll never hear out of Christia Freeland's mouth. Okay, uh, I think we'll move on to the, oh, UN's Melissa Fleming says they own the science on climate change. I love this. This is the United Nations gal. Take a look. You know, we partnered with Google, for example. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world you know, should know it, and and the platforms themselves also do. Um, but again, it's it's it is um, it's it's a huge huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active in. Mm. Very active in paying off everyone to put all your information at the top of the Google search, so that we can't find anything real. So it's very important, everybody. You need to use uh, what do we use? Um, brave brave browser and uh, there's another couple of them that that are way better you just don't use google because they're you know if you google joe biden you'll think he's just the cat's meow on their sites they don't tell you the truth about anything if you want to find out the truth about you know what he's really doing then you got to go to brave and and um you know google his name and maybe you'll get some truth you want to climate, all, all the climate stuff, you're not going to learn anything by going to Google. They're going to, by the time you go to their first, you know, 2 million top sites to go to, 
right? You'll be convinced we've got some kind of climate catastrophe and not one that they're saying they have anything to do with. I mean, I think they might be altering the climate and creating a climate crisis in some ways. I think so. But are we here on Earth? No, absolutely not. And we've uh, debunked that on this show before. So a uh, Reuter story on how the Federal Reserve is going to have six of the U.S. largest banks participate in a climate scenario exercise in 2023. What? What's a, what's a, uh, a climate scenario analysis? analysis uh, tied to the ESG? So is this like what? Uh, maybe, what do you think, JT? If you've used too much of your air conditioner or something, you're going to have your... What? Get your bank like shut down and you're doing too much nonsense. You're you're not driving an electric car, so we're gonna have to dock your bank every month for that because you're you're sticking to the old gasoline cars by twenty twenty eight, right? Oh, it's just gearing down on us. They all want us to have these cars. And, and, and you look at it, we don't have the, the grid possibility. So, so what happens in the event of a, a mudslide somewhere in northern BC if there's an evacuation notice and everyone's got their electric cars? Some people are not ready to go because they don't have them charged up. Other people, you got to drive for a lot of miles. Where, where's the next uh, charge it? Sit around, wait for two hours. You know, some people on, on TV, uh, they were talking about what is taxi cab drivers going to do? You can't just sit around to get your charge, your car charged for two hours when you got to be, you know, every minute counts, right? All of this is just, is just nuttiness. So um, here's a video, CNBC discussion with Jeff uh, Curry on how little renewables have decreased our fossil fuel use. Take a look. But let's look at how much did the green investment give us? Here's a stat for you as of January of this year. At the end of last year, um, overall fossil fuels represented 81% of overall energy consumption. 10 years ago, um, they were at 82. So those, all of that investment in renewables you're talking about, 3.8 trillion, let me repeat that, $3.8 trillion of investment in renewables moved fossil fuel consumption from 82 to 81% of the overall energy consumption. But you know, given the recent events and what's happened with the loss in gas and replacing it with coal, that number is likely above 82. So when we think about what those renewables have added, because remember you're adding capacity, but the capacity utilization factor is quite low on them. And then you have Europe making the investment in there, but China making further investments. The net of it is clearly we haven't made any progress. And I think the key point that I was saying is that why OPEC is in the driver's seat, you know, at an unprecedented level is because we, you know, we inclusively of everybody outside of OPEC um, have not adequately invested in overall energy production, infrastructure, and the ability to supply and deliver it. And I don't care. And by the way, the countries like Brazil, you know, was point about who's going to be exposed to this because they raise interest rates really early in this cycle, they're actually less exposed to what's happening right now than let's say Japan or Europe. Wow. So that guy, he's a nerd. He knows. He's smarter than all of us. Very interesting stuff, right? Very, very interesting. 
Uh, Trudeau government gives Chinese government controlled company contract for security equipment in 170 of our embassies. What? What? Trudeau government gives Chinese government controlled company contract for security. <laughs> oh, for security. Of over 170 of our embassies. Does that make sense to any of you? Knowing what's going on in the world? And I heard Dr. Naomi Wolf talking about how now there's some kind of contract's been given so that China is actually making our vaccine. So you get a vaccine, you're getting a vaccine made from China. Anyways, I got to get that clip to show you. But does that seem like a smart thing to do? We hear that they're setting up things and police organizations in, in our nation. Um, they're, they're taking our gold and they're, they're buying out our resources. Uh, we've done a story on how they've bought land really close to some of our important security structures in Canada. And they're within a stone's throw, like not, not that far. Who's managing the security of our nation? We're already like short uh, an army. And now we're just letting them all, you know, come in, take, oh yeah, take over the security of our embassies across the world. Okay. <laughs> the people who have openly declared that they want to become the ones who take over the world. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, final thing, video. Republican Arizona governor uh, candidate Carrie Lake turns the table on a reporter over the abortion question. Take a look at this. Tell me, it, abortion is effectively banned in the state right now. Tell me, do you, is that something that you support? I support saving as many lives as possible. And what I really want to know, and I've been waiting, I tune into you guys all the time. I want to know where Katie Hobbs stands, but ne I never hear you guys ask her that. <laughs> I'm pro-life. My plan would be that every woman who walks into an abortion clinic know that there are options out there. They don't have to choose Thank that. You. There's families who would love to adopt a baby. And right now, the way it's been going, mm -hmm. they go in and they, they only That's have one it. option. That's it. Nobody tells them that there's other options. Yeah. We want to help our women. If they're afraid, we want to help them. True. We want to give women health care. And I want to help people. But I really challenge you, and I'm, I'm happy to get back to you on this, when you find out where Katie Hobbs stands, because let me tell you where she stands. She supports abortion right up until birth Thank and after you. birth. That's right. She supports if a baby survives a botched abortion, that that baby die on a cold metal tray. True. And none of you ever try to get her to talk about her stance. So get back to me after you do. Thank and you. tell her. I want to debate this topic on October 12th, but she really needs to show up for that debate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> She's a psychopath. Um, people have become crazed. I remember a few years ago, I would post something on pro-life and all the hate I used to get. I don't get it anymore. Um, I have, you know, thousands and thousands more viewers, but people aren't responding anymore. And I'm really glad. I think because I don't care. I don't care what people that are sociopaths and uh, would like to see more deaths of babies, that that should be a right in our world. 
it, it just doesn't bother me. And so they don't come to my page anymore. They don't come to my page about a lot of things anymore. And yet my views are way up, thousands more followers, right? But they don't bother. I remember one LGBTQ person said, don't talk to her. Don't talk to her because she, she'll just talk back and she'll just, she'll just say more. And, and we don't want her saying stuff because like some truth might get out there and it might like twing, you know, twinge on, on somebody's brain or the way that they're thinking. They might, oh, maybe might reconsider transitioning once they get the facts. Wow. You know, so, uh, it's, it's funny that our society is so anti-life right now. What doctor, um, what doctor artist said today about the hospitals, that is just so scary. Like you can't really believe you have to actually kind of assume your doctor is lying to you. They are so messed with, they are told what to believe. They are told what, what medications to use and they could be the worst ones. God help us all truly. Um, we're going to leave on a little laugh before, uh, and now, um, this is Christia Freeland, the beloved and a little twist on her. Take a look. Way to be ready, hun. The stars are gone. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, when it comes to the economy, expectations are to talk down the Canadian economy. Yes, things are hard right now, but Canada is better positioned than any country in the world. We have the strongest economic growth and the lowest deficit in the G7. Employment is at historic high. The stars are gone. Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, I'm tired of all of these people asking so many questions that are pertinent to our nation. And I would just like to see a moment of silence more often, especially when they're just asking us about inflation. We don't know. We don't know. So we're just tired of being asked about that. And it just, it would make more sense if we could all get along and all start unifying under the LGBTQ climate agenda of vaccination. If we could all just unite, there would be no problem. Mr. Speaker, what is wrong with our nation? I love it. My website is lauralyn.tv uh, and I believe that we are going to get through this, but that we have to have knowledge and that we have got to know what is right and we've got to have good information i'll let you know something that uh, you won't be hearing any of this on ctv cbc or global and that's because you support us to be here every day to bring great people like dr artis on and i appreciate it from the bottom of my heart thank you if you could go to our website and there's a donate button there and if you just click on that button, you can kind of see it uh, down at the bottom there, just under the name graphic. But if you click on donate now, it gives you a couple of ways that you can do that. You can do a monthly, you can even donate anonymously. You can donate large amounts, small amounts, all of it really matters to us. And you can send us an e-transfer at Live at protonmail.com. And the reason that I am bold in asking you for that is that the need is great. And this is important work. 
when you see us here and you like tuning in, I love it. Thank you very, very much. And in fact, uh, one of the greatest and most uh, often said things to me when I travel is, oh my gosh, I feel like I know you. I feel like I know you. And I always say, but we do know each other. Our spirits know each other. We know that we're in a huge, epic time, a season, a crisis, and we're doing this together. And what makes it possible, if you can help me to do this, not, not all of you want to sit here and jabber on for you know, as long as I do. And, uh, you know, some of you are a little bit more quiet about all of that, but, um, I feel that it's our calling and I have an amazing husband who helps me to do it and an amazing team. And we all make it work so that we can get the information out at this epic hour for such a time as this. I want to just read to you from James three, uh, actually James four, if we could go there and it says, um, so pertinent for today. James 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. Wow. You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. I don't think that anyone out there who's doing this terrible stuff and allowing the killing, the coveting of their earthly treasures rather than truth, I don't think they're asking God anything. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. It kind of goes back to that first verse that I read from my dad today, where he said, you need to come out from among them and be separate. The time is now to separate from those who are pulling you down, pulling you into sin, those that hurt your soul, do not align with the righteousness that you know God wants you to align with, it's time to let them go. Those are friends that cause you great trouble. And for those who are unkind to you because you have chosen a stand that you know is right, that's okay. We can be loving and we can create a, a new sort of um, community. And it's important to find those people that you love and that love you back. And it is all out there. And it's very, very important that we stop our social distancing. And that means making calls, staying connected, because what's about to happen, I think, uh, to us in the next little bit, um, is that it's going to get like a little bit worse as they, they put their fear into us, you know, the new COVID wave or whatever, uh, you know, places in the United States haven't even seen one COVID wave. And then you've got the people that are talking about the, you know, new COVID wave when we're doing really well. It's, it's all lies. It's fear mongering. 
And what we have to do is cling to the truth, cling to those who stand with us. God is watching and he's looking. The, the word says that he roams to and fro and he is looking for whom he can show himself strong in. And there's another scripture that says the enemy roams as well and he's looking for who to devour. So God's eyes search the world for who he can do great exploits in. Those who trust him, those who draw near to him, those who are willing to be courageous at this hour, God will do great exploits through you. But we also have an enemy searching for whom to devour. It's very important not to have any friendship with the world, but rather to stay very close to God. I have loved having this time with you. Thank you for being here with me. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.